Yo, yo, yo. Good morning, Nashville. Good morning, Nashville. Peace to the city and peace to the planet. Nashville, man, we are excited again. Me and my dad. Another episode of the Black Man Ventu podcast. Good morning, Nashville. Have you heard a Black Man Vent today? My name is Jonathan Davis. I go by Junebook. Nashville, my name is Leon Davis Jr. And I go by L Dog. And Monday morning, again, man, it's good to be coming back around one more time to present to you another podcast in this season of coaching and mentorship. And uh, I think these lads, these first couple of episodes, man, have been real good, man. Jacquees gave us a good, good vending session, man, good interview. And then uh, Mr. Woodard last week, man, uh, you know, like my son would say, my son is a, a, a amateur rapper, man, and uh, he had a song called uh, called uh, "We Lit." So we lit so far, Nashville. So stay lit with us. Yeah, man. Shout out, shout out to uh, baby brother, man. Uh, but definitely, he 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 for sure, man, said it best in one of his songs, man. We lit Nashville, and uh, you may be tired of seeing us, but we ain't tired of shining, That's you right. know. So on the Black Man Ventu podcast, we again want to thank Jock, man, Coach Jock, and thank uh, David Woodard, man, for again great episodes. And again, thank you, David, man. If you tuning in to the, to today's episode, man, we appreciate you, man. We appreciate your yeah. your content, man. Appreciate your input on sharing uh, with Nashville, man, your your mentors and the guys that have helped you to be the man that you are today. Nashville, man, again, have you heard a black man been today excited about today's episode that we have for you today? Pops? And yeah, Nashville, and we just, you know, we don't want to uh, belittle um, your listenership because we really appreciate that. But also, we're going to hold out our sign right now and say, we don't also are taking donations. Now, we not don't have the tithe cup out, but we will take anything that you throw our way because we're trying to make this podcast bigger and better, and we can't do it without your help and your donation. At the end of the day, Nashville, Black Man Ventu has been dedicated to, to, to the, 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 the message of service before self. Mm-hmm. You know, and at the end of the day, with service, you need a village to, to serve, you know, and, and me and my dad always have said that it's not about the monetary, it's not about the merch that we put out or anything in between, but it is about the service of others um, and particularly of our black man and our black culture. And again, Nashville, we authentic, you know, so on our YouTube, uh, we will have this episode today on our YouTube. Let me mention that Nashville, today's episode will be on our YouTube, but on our YouTube channel, you may see uh, 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 some, some the authenticities that we have, you know, um, and, and Nashville, that's just saying that we're not necessarily where we're at, but we're heading towards the right direction. And a little bit of change can can never, never hurt. Um, again, we like Pop said, we're not passing out the ties and offering plate. But Nashville, you guys have been dedicated to listening to us. So whether we get a dollar or not, having that listening ear for sure is the most important thing. Yeah, man, because, you know, it takes fuel to run any car. I've never seen a car run without gas. Now, when you find one, let me know. I know they got some new stuff out there that I might not know about. But as a, I'm old school, so I always seen them put the petrol in there. That's all I know. So we need a little petrol every now and then. But regardless, if you don't throw anything out with, man, please continue to listen. Please continue to tell people about And please continue to let people know and understand. As my son always said, we're trying to reframe and rebrand the black man one episode at a time. 
In Nashville, again, we just want to thank you guys for your listenership. We don't want to beat a dead horse on, on the monetary thing because God is going to bless us when, yeah. when other people sure. don't. Uh, can I get an amen on that? Amen. So, so Nashville, again, man, excited. Excited again. Monday morning, Nashville, the Body Mass Index of Coaching and Mentorship and a black man with our special guest, our very very special guest yeah. Nashville. Um, he has had his hands in anything and everything dealing with the state of Tennessee. And if you know this brother or have heard of this brother, then you are sure to be in for some great content on the Black Man Ventu podcast this morning. Nashville won't hold you long after this sponsorship segment break. We will get right into the content for today. Make sure Nashville again to like, share, and, and tell a friend to tell 10 friends and tell them to tell 10 more friends. Have you heard a black man vent today? Nashville again. After the sponsorship segment break, we'll get right into the content. Nashville, have you heard a black man vent today? And just like that, Nashville, just like that, man, just like that, we're back. We're back. Good morning to you guys again. Monday morning, Nashville. We are super excited for today's episode, Black Man Ventu. We are, again, the Black Man Ventu podcast, Nashville. Good morning. Body Mass Index of Coaching and Mentorship and a black man with our special guest in front of us. And man, I just cannot be more excited to have this brother in front of me. Uh, met him again throughout the uh, political uh, season that we were in going through the local election and he agreed to come on our platform with us man and we could not be more excited than to have Mr. J.B. Smiley onto our show today. Pops. Yeah man I'm excited to have this brother on man because when we went to that uh, uh, event at the weekend man I listened to him and I listened to him explain what he was going to try to do man for Tennessee and I just listened to the way he uh, presented himself man and I said man you know what that's a positive brother man and we got to figure out some kind of way to get this brother on our platform man so I'm excited also to have him here today. Nashville let's get get into it the body mass index again of coaching and mentorship in a black man with J.B. Smiley Jr. He is running for governor of Tennessee. A native Memphian 901 Shelby County I respect that with five siblings born to a social worker and bronze star army soldier JB Smiley Jr. knows the value of hard work and a healthy supportive community after JB's collegiate and semi-professional basketball career man you you hoop too he pursued a legal education and later a political career but his life in serving the most vulnerable started from a young age JB's first experience with teamwork and leadership was a Cub Scout with the Boy Scouts of America. Mm -hmm. Never afraid of getting his hands dirty, JB has done everything from working as a landfill cleaner to washing dishes. As his father taught him to never never forget the bridge that brought you over. JB dedicated, excuse me, decided to stay in the region to attend college and then law school at the University of Arkansas at Little Rock William H. Bowen School of Law. Lastly, Nashville, while in law school, J.B. served as a member of the Law Review, Moot Court Board, and as vice president of the Black Law Students Association. J.B. successfully passed Arkansas as the Tennessee Bar Exams, excuse me, and the Tennessee Bar Exams, while writing his first book, Born With It, Unleashing Your Greatness. 
Nashville, the guy has such a, a hefty biography. I'm going to cut it off right there, man, because we're going to get more into it. And I'll let this brother explain who he is, what he does, and again, how he's representing himself as being governor or, or soon to be governor of Tennessee. Without further ado, Nashville, man, presenting us some, introducing to others, my good friend, Mr. J.B. Smiley Jr. Brother, how you doing this morning? I'm doing well. Thank you for uh, inviting me. I, I tell people, you ask me to come. You just know, if you're asking somebody from Memphis to come, we're going to pull up. Yeah. We, we pulled <laughs> yeah. up, and uh, I'm just eager to for, eager for this discussion. I'm going to have fun today. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir, man. Again, man, we, we, again, are excited to have you on the Black Men Vent 2 podcast. Nashville, have you heard a black man been today. First question I want to break into, uh, Mr. JB, man, is just, just how you doing? How you feeling? How, how, how's a, how are things going, man, with the campaign? And, and what are we looking forward to? Well, y'all told me this was black man, man, so I'm going to vent a little bit. Go for um, it. <laughs> it's been different, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, being young, uh, business owner. Yes, I feel like I have four or five jobs. Just trying to figure out how to balance it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when, you, when you're trying to balance it all, you got to figure out how to carve out some time for yourself right. but also make sure you don't let the folks down that you're in a position of trust with uh, opportunity to serve so mm-hmm. just try to figure out how to make it work we've been making it work have grateful for me that i have a very supportive uh, network from friends to colleagues to mentors mm-hmm. that you know when, when it's time for me to go here or there I can call them and they are filling the void. So we've we've just been making it work. Yeah. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. Man, I, uh, so we in this season are called uh, coaching and mentorship. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just sitting here thinking, as you just said that. So let me ask you this. How important is it for to have a coaching and mentorship in your life? And what has that meant for you as it's propelled you to be on the journey that you're on right now? Well, you know, for me, I don't think you we can get anywhere without uh, someone lending us a helping hand, yeah. um, whether it's in your spiritual life. You know, the Bible tells us, you know, raise up a child. So the, at yeah. that, that perspective is uh, mentorship. It's yes, someone sir. coaching you in your spiritual life. But if in terms of uh, your professional career. You're gonna mm-hmm. need someone who's been there and done that. If yeah. you haven't, if you haven't, you know, uh, traveled a particular path. Mm-hmm. How will you know where to go unless mm-hmm. someone says, look, let me uh, reach out to them. And sometimes, you know, folks don't be aren't willing to reach out, but you have to go pull them in. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, right. the great, great thing about, you know, my father, the things he taught me, even when he couldn't do something, he's always able to connect me with someone who's been there and done that. All so right. I don't I just don't think you can get anywhere without, you know, value people um, being able to pour into you. So when I think about my legal career. Uh, you know, I, I walked in here today with a gentleman by the name of Michael Harris. And mm-hmm. so when I think about, you know, mentorship, I always send, my, send myself to this one particular story. All right. So mm-hmm. y'all read that I played basketball. So yeah, my yeah, entire yeah. resume, which really wasn't a resume, it was uh, ball was life. That was the yeah. story of my life. Yeah. So ball was life. Yeah. Was it. So all, right. um, all Chevy Metro. Played basketball at Tennessee Tech University right. for three years. Wow. Um, uh, mid-major Division One. Went to the University of Pikeville. After I got done with my undergrad career, played three more years in Mexico, um, the ABA, and the Harlem Ambassadors. Mm-hmm. But it, wow. when I when their career ended, I was like, well, I think I want to get into law school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I want to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sent out a resume to everybody. Right? Yeah. And it's just time, like, I just want to come work for free to see if this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And only two law firms in the city of Memphis uh, responded to me. One of the law firms was the Hewlett Law Firm. Mm-hmm. I get there, and this is a young brother in a suit, wearing glasses. And we just had a conversation. We clicked right away. Mm-hmm. And 
And I don't think I would be here if um, Mr. Michael Harris didn't give me an opportunity just to, you know, talk about, you know, what wow. my passion was, trying to yeah, figure man. out if serving people um, was serving people in a way uh, that I thought I wanted to serve them was what I wanted to do. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm big on giving people flowers while they're here. So yes. big mm-hmm. up to Michael Harris yes. um, in Shelby yes. County. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we all need some. We yeah, all man. need somebody, you know, whether it's your professional career, your your personal life, or just someone to be there when you're going through it. Because you know, no matter how you how important you think you are, no matter how uh, big you think you are in your particular life, you're always gonna have a time where you need someone to talk to 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 mentor you in various areas. Hey, mm-hmm. man, you know, and I was just mm-hmm. sitting there thinking that that's what make mentorship so great and coaching so great because mentors and coaches can see things in you that you can't see in Ooh, yourself, I know that's man. the truth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you be thinking like, they telling me I can do this stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, man, you got to be kidding me. But next thing you know, you start to kind of liking it. You start kind of listening to them. And next thing you know, you're doing it without even thinking, man. So was Mr. Michael kind of, when he when you went to him, did he tell you or did he say, man, you you probably have a career in this, man? So I thought he lost his mind by uh, <laughs> helping me, uh, you know, secure that internship. Because yeah. um, what y'all don't know. So, you know, when people see me out now, I have tailored suits or I'm, I'm dressed real casual. Right. Uh, when he tells a story, he always tells the story of what I was wearing when I walked in thinking I wanted to be a lawyer. Uh-huh. Um, I was wearing these extremely big pants uh, <laughs> my tie was tied too long yeah my shoes were too shiny oh. yeah. i was just having a hard time yeah you know i thought yeah. i was like, okay and i got I had a stacy adams on my feet you yeah, know young yeah, people yeah. don't need to be wearing stacy adams i thought i was good yeah um you know and in some and i was wearing a uh a suit a blazer with two buttons and i had both of my buttons buttoned up someone didn't tell me i didn't supposed to i wasn't supposed to uh button the sack one uh-huh. so you oh, need yeah. you need people you know in your life to kind of say let me help you yeah. get to where I think you are headed. Yeah. I right. see it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was just trying to figure it out. Right. And I, yeah. and I right. tell people it all the time. So it's, it's okay to say that you're just trying to figure it out. And then I was just trying to figure it out. And I thought I knew where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. But having people in your life that can kind of see, see it for you mm-hmm. is always beneficial. And yeah, I think, man. you know, Michael, at that point in time, he saw it for me. I was... What I was, I was just thinking I wanted to be. I just knew I wanted to be a lawyer, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't know um, what was on the horizon. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Hindsight is twenty twenty. But woo, I wish I would have known because I definitely would have been wearing that outfit that day. Yeah, 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 yeah. man. Looking at the uh, generation ahead, JB, man, what what are you seeing that is lacking? Coaching and mentorship in the generation that's in front of that's that's, that's literally in front of us right now. Well. Assuming when you mentioned the generation ahead, I'm assuming you're talking about generations, the yes. younger generation. Yes. Okay. Yes, sir. Well, I don't necessarily. So, what I don't like to do when I when I talk with young people mm-hmm. or you know try to look into what their future uh, has in store for them, I don't want to like shift blame. I think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's incumbent upon uh, those folks who are a little older to see it for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and my biggest pushback on leadership um, in the state of Tennessee, and specifically for me mm-hmm. that I know personally um, in the city of Memphis, is we haven't been intentional on saying, you know what, I see this young person. This person has potential. Let me bring them along so when I'm no longer in this leadership position, mm-hmm. they will have the uh, 
not necessarily just the skills to do it on day one, mm-hmm. but uh, understanding of how to get things done and how to move in certain spaces. Mm-hmm. I think we have it's just incumbent upon us to say, look, you know what? I won't be here always. I mm-hmm. won't be in this leadership position always. Mm-hmm. And, and finding young people that can fill in the void because when you don't do that, and you have situations where cities, you have situations where churches, you have Man. situations mm-hmm. where yes. mm-hmm. um, no matter what type yes. of business that you are in or entity that you're running, mm-hmm. if you don't have someone to come behind you, guess what? That industry, that business will fold, the doors will close, you're business so right. will shutter. Mm-hmm. You're so right. And mm-hmm. ultimately what happens is you're not letting down yourself because you may be fine. Right. You're letting down every single person in your community because these yeah. businesses have for a long time been a cornerstone of what we consider you know what's what home is what family yeah. is what community is so we yes, ha- we have to um you know say you know what they may be going wrong right now but if i put myself in their lives and i uh, give them the proper guidance the proper perspective and put them in a position so that they can utilize the resources and give them opportunities they're going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. We have to do that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, you know, the generation that came before us, some did, some did not. But mm-hmm. you know, I want to know that when I leave this earth, that mm-hmm. I reach back, I pull people up and I have people my own age that can fill my shoes just in case something bad happens. Because yeah. I want yeah. um, everything that I touch to be able to continue on after I'm gone. Most definitely. Man, that word opportunity is big, man, because coming up in my generation, man, you didn't have a lot of opportunities, you know what I'm saying? And I, I think about it all the time. When I left my home to go to college, man, my parents didn't, my parents, my mother had a a, a a seventh grade education and my father had a third grade Sound education. like my grandma. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. man. And and they sent me off to school, man. And I think I, think I remember them giving me something like $1,200 and dropped me off at TSU, man. You know what I'm saying? And they didn't know what to do from there. I had to figure it out, man. Mm-hmm. So I had to just, Figured out as I go, but now kids have so many opportunities, man. But they still have to navigate, man. And I think that's where the coaching and mentorship thing comes in, and it's so important. But mm-hmm. being a young man yourself, man, what made you want to get into this area of government at such an early age? Because you're a young brother, and this this seat that you're running for, this is unprecedented, man. Well, um, there's there's a couple things that I would like to. Uh, I can take this. Ooh, that's good. I can take that <laughs> in so many different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not about, you know, um, what made me want to do it because uh, this was not the life I had planned for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you would have asked me 10 years ago what I would be doing, I would tell you I'd be practicing law at a big firm like I was mm-hmm. and, you know, making yeah. a lot of money. Right. Yeah, and right. Helping people that way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this, this kind of, I want to say it kind of happened because, you know, I believe our steps are, um, predestined i believe that yes. you know things happen for a reason mm-hmm. for this situation how i got into politics i i was speaking on a panel um <laughs> as a second year law student with some very prominent lawyers and judges one of the judges y'all may know was judge joe brown former t- tv judge so sitting on a crazy. panel come on him, man uh, as a second year law student i yeah. know nothing about the law at this point i was yeah. like yeah. why am i on this panel yeah, yeah. i'm listening yeah. to all these people say all these good things i was like I don't know what I'm going to tell y'all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, spoke on the panel. And there was a young lady sitting in the crowd. 
And she came and started talking to me. She said, well, there's a meeting going on. Mm-hmm. Do you want to attend? So I'm a broke college student. I said, mm-hmm. well, you know, I don't really want to go. I'm thinking she's going to tell me calls. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, right, right. So she's like, no, no, no. It's not the type of meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And then she said, yeah. the thing that you say to any time you have a college student, there's mm-hmm. going to be free food. Mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, I'm going. You I'm better going know. Out. So I go, I go to this meeting and there was a lot of discussion going on. Mm-hmm. And it was the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. I know nothing about the political process. I don't know how the Democratic Party functions. Mm-hmm. I just know that these people potentially make decisions about what we have going on. Right. And I remember leaning over to her after hearing them argue back and forth. And I said, are these our decision makers? And she said, mm-hmm. yeah. And I said, I think I can do better. And from that Ooh. point on, wow. it was, you know, let me learn about it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you can say you think you can do better, but mm-hmm. it's incumbent upon us to learn everything we can before we, we do something. Because you don't want to half step. Um, I believe in putting my best foot forward in everything that I do. And the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Um, when I talk about um, how we move forward and, and the impact on what this role has, a lot of times what I get, and I speak particularly to the black community, is always about age. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. I'm right. 34 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a lawyer. I'm licensed in three states, Tennessee, Mississippi, and Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've done a lot of different things. Yes, sir. And, and what I always have to do is I say, well, no, this is not the first time a young person has done anything. Mm-hmm. And I, sometimes mm-hmm. I tell them about a 31-year-old uh, white lawyer who was the uh, uh, attorney general for the state of Arkansas. All mm-hmm. right. Um, he mm-hmm. later became the governor at a very young age. On, His name mm-hmm. was Bill Clinton. Uh, sometimes right, sometimes yeah. I point them to uh, a young man who was born, and I believe, in uh, 29, uh, died in 68. Mm-hmm. He led a movement to change this world. Mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah, right. yeah. Then I say, I'm following, when right, I'm, I'm in a black church, I say, uh, if you know what I'm talking about, can I get an amen? Yes, yeah. sir. And then the black, and then the black yeah. church says, <laughs> I, Dr. King. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, sir. And, 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 and if we can go a little bit deeper than that, mm-hmm. there was another uh, young person. Yeah. yeah. And in her teenage years, mm-hmm. she had a big responsibility. She mm-hmm. had to carry a person who saved man, us. Man, come on, man. You so, trying to make me jump so, about this so shit. What I, what I try to tell them is uh, mm-hmm. just be, age doesn't define experience, so age true. doesn't uh, make it, uh, you know, right or. Uh, is a serve as a barrier of leading people. I mm-hmm. think I think that's put into you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it's an age is a barrier. So what I tell people is this, and then when I go into the white community, you know they don't they don't really get so caught up in my age. They say mm-hmm. he doesn't have enough experience. And then mm-hmm. sometimes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know I'm speaking to every young person who wants to lead and know they have in them they lead. I say sometimes, uh, what what my generation says sometimes you got to pull the receipts. And Come on. Sometimes you gotta say, "Let me go down my resume." Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you talk about politics, I don't think there's many people who've done as much as I have in politics. I said, yeah. "Well, I've been the vice vice chairman of the Black Caucus of Young Democrats of America. I served mm-hmm. as judicial counsel for Young Democrats of America. Mm-hmm. I served as on the executive committee of the Shelby County Democratic Party. I served as the treasurer to the Tennessee Young Democrats. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I currently." represent one of the most diverse districts in the state of Tennessee. I mm-hmm. represent the poor zip code in the state. I also represent one of the most affluent. I have I represent 350,000 people. Come on, and you wow, would be man. hard pressed to find someone who's done more in two and a half years on the city council in the city of Memphis in this history than yeah. I have. Yeah. So sometimes you got to run down receipts. Yeah. 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 But at yeah. the end yeah. of the day, if it's not about receipts, it's not about your age, judge me by my heart. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. 
you will hardly ever see me walk up to any place with a written script. Yes. Because when I speak, I speak from the heart. Yes, and sir. I say it because I mean it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. judge me by my actions. Judge me by what I tell you. And um, I always tell people, let my yes mean yes, my no mean no. Because mm-hmm. if I tell you something, I mean it. Yes, yeah. sir. And so, you know, that's just my, my position, my take on it um, and, and how we move forward and how I how I act the court. Mm-hmm. Man, you know, I'm just sitting up thinking, man, uh, you talking about steps be, being predestined. And the Bible said that the steps of a good man are ordered and he delights in his way. And you talked about Joe Brown. Oh, what about God. we had Joe Brown on him, man? We had him. Yeah, yeah. We so, had him on the show, so you, man. So you follow oh my Joe God. Brown, man. We so, had him on the so show. So I'm thinking you stepping in the right place, yeah. brother. And, uh, yeah. So and, and you being where you are right now, man. When you when you achieve what you're trying to achieve, do you already have things in motion, or do you have a plan already? So, so you know, I try to take you know things a day at a time, a step at a time, because you know. Mm-hmm. There's two races that is currently being run. Mm-hmm. The, for me, right now in this governor race, we have the August race, which is the the primary race. Right. That's mm-hmm. when each pot- potential political party chooses their its nominee. Um, you know, assuming you know that things go the way it's going now, mm-hmm. I will be uh, the very first black person uh, to be nominated by any major political party uh, to be governor of the state of Tennessee history. Yes, sir. Um, I'd be the youngest. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I understand the impact it has on our community. And mm-hmm. I try to, I usually speak in very broad terms, but I'm I'm very aware of what that means for mm-hmm. people who look like us in this state. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I, other folks are very aware too. Mm-hmm. I think the reason that um, our campaign has um, been able to garner support from various communities from across this state, from rural Tennessee to the urban centers, mm-hmm. is because I don't spend too much time talking about partisan politics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I was like, mm-hmm. why not? And I said, well, you know, before partisan politics, before we put on whatever clothes we wear, it's about people. Yes, and, yes. You know, so true. And once yeah. you understand it's about people, and you always have to keep in mind the role or responsibility of government. The role of government is really simple. Mm-hmm. It's to provide for the general welfare of its people. Mm-hmm. If you keep that in mind, you can figure out how to move whatever whatever your particular issue is. Mm-hmm. Whether it's um, uh, health inequities, whether it's um, economics, mm-hmm. whether it's you know contracting. Uh, you can figure out how to move it forward in a way that benefits communities. If you're benefiting the state of Tennessee, you're going to benefit black and brown communities. You're going to mm-hmm. benefit white people. You're going to benefit gay, straight. You're mm-hmm. going to benefit people from every socioeconomic status in this mm-hmm. state if we do right. it the right way and yes. we remember it's about people. Yep. Yes. And you know, so I'm always aware of what I want to accomplish, but you got to get there. Yes. Yep. And then I just yep. to talk briefly about the general election. Mm-hmm. I understand what that means too. Mm-hmm. Um, that means um, running statewide in a state that's 17% black. Mm, um, wow. That means convincing people who have uh, pre-conceived uh, thoughts about yep. people who look like me. Mm-hmm. This means mm-hmm. uh, speaking directly to some of their um, biases, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and also means convincing black folks that a young man can lead. Yes, sir. So I'm always aware of that. But you know what I what I, what my father always tells me. And I mention him a lot because I, he, you know, his teachings, his teachings, uh, you know, always stick with me. Mm-hmm. He say, "Well, 
there's two things that I always want you to remember. He literally he said it all the time. I was like, man, are you gonna ever stop telling me this? <laughs> <laughs> and now that I get older, I find myself, why am I repeating him like that? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, he one thing, and uh, I think you said it earlier. He would always say, never. It's the Apple Watch. He say, he say, never forget the bridge that brought you. What he was telling me at a very young age is, you don't forget where you come from. You come on, where you came. So when I go into spaces, when in boardrooms where I'm the very first black person mm-hmm. or the only black person, mm-hmm. I'm mindful that I am setting a stage for the people that come behind. Me. Yes, sir. Um, yes. And also, so how I conduct myself, how I speak, mm-hmm. how I move in those spaces, mm-hmm. that's the impression that a lot of people gonna have. Mm-hmm. So I try to, you know, do my best to. Uh, hold myself accountable mm-hmm. even when I come follow short because we fall short True. and you know another thing he always said and I literally never understood this he was like service before self like Mr. Smiley <laughs> what are you talking about he just yeah. never he never would go into detail mm-hmm. but he would say service before self service mm-hmm. before self and what I find out in my well, I ain't say my latter years so I'm fairly young now but <laughs> I figured out you know I guess we'll say fairly recently he was telling me you know no matter where you are, no matter what room you in, what room you in, um, I've had the opportunity to sit at, at the tables with some of the most powerful people mm-hmm. in this country, some of the most popular people in this country, and I also had the privilege to be in the hood back in Memphis. I had the yeah. privilege to, you know, sit down the tables with janitors, and I say privilege because I mean every experience that I meet someone, a genuine experience, it's a privilege. Yes, uh, he would say it's about people. That's what he was telling me. Mm-hmm. And people was like, why you always say it's about people? I said, well, my father would say service before self. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me, you serve people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how you move people, how you put them in a better position, how you leave them feeling on their very first impression, it matters. Yes, sir. So I try to treat everybody the right way. Um, yes, sir. And, and we just gonna see what happens in the general. But, you know, mm-hmm. I believe that our mission, our mission is the right mission. Mm-hmm. I believe that our goal is the right goal. And it's, it's not done for any selfish reason or any, you know, I'm going to get rich. Well, no, I actually, when I moved back home, I took a pay cut. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And, you know, I moved back to the house on 901 Mississippi Boulevard, mm-hmm. 3126. If you mm-hmm. look up that zip code, you will learn that is the that is and probably was, it was the poorest zip code state and it probably still is the poorest zip code. I was like, why do you live there? I said, well, this is, this is my roots. Mm-hmm. I moved back in um, because there's a guy who said this and then I, and I'm uh, just talking on this issue. Mm-hmm. A guy named Brian Stevenson. Mm-hmm. Um, he said the best way to address a problem is you have to be in close proximity with. It. I can't talk about fixing issues in communities. Wow. And yeah. I'm I'm really wow. afraid to yeah. be in close proximity. With. In the middle, if I'm yeah. telling you that there's an issue with having a food desert in a community of poor folks. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying my best to get myself on the other side of town. <laughs> I'm not really about that cause. That's right. That's so right. I moved into that community. I mm-hmm. learned about that community, and a God so fit to allow me to represent that community. And yes, recently, right. we allocated 1.5 million dollars, sitting there ready to bring in wow. real development in the community that hasn't seen development over 30 years. Wow. And uh, I just, I just like, man, my steps were predestined. Yes, man. Man, you want to talk about a black man on the move, Nashville. We got my guy again, J.B. Smiley Jr. Running again for governor of Tennessee. I'm manifesting that he is the governor of Tennessee. And we are glad to have him on our show today. After this uh, segment break, Nashville, we'll get into some more venting with uh, J.B., man. I would love to hear about those those days in the hood and washing them dishes and and all that good stuff. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> Gonna get into more of that good, good stuff right after this segment break. Nashville, have you heard a black man event today? Come and go with me to a better Tennessee. Come and go with me to that land. Come and go with me to that land. Come and go with me to that land. Where I'm bound, oh Lord, where I'm bound. There'll be freedom. I'm J.B. Smiley Jr. I grew up singing this song in church. You may know it as well. While the melodies may differ, its message of peace, freedom, and justice for all people unites us as Tennesseans. So today, I'm announcing my run for governor, and I'm inviting you all to come and go with me to a better Tennessee. I grew up in Memphis, in one of the poorest zip codes in the state. But my shout out was perfecting this shot and going to college on both an academic and basketball scholarship. Then I got a law degree to help give back, and I am proudly serving my community on the Memphis City Council. I decided to run for governor because right now there are too many shots fired, not enough shots given, and too few shots for our young people to reach their full potential. As governor, I will reduce crime by implementing a robust community policing program, and I'll fund prevention programs focused on those most likely to commit violent crime because everyone deserves to be safe in their homes and communities. I will encourage folks across this state to do right by each other. That means getting vaccinated. And I'll ensure Tennesseans have access to healthcare no matter where they live. And I will make it a priority to give our young people a real shot at success with state-of-the-art vocational training in every high school and partnerships with our business leaders to create pathways to the job that will help the next generation stay here in Tennessee. So today, I'm hoping you all will come and go with me. Let's go build a better Tennessee together. Just like that Nashville, man, we're back. We're back again. Black Man Vent 2 Nashville. Body Mass Index, Coaching and Mentorship, yeah, yeah. JB Smiley Jr. We are here again, guys. Um, if you missed the first half, man, man, we really, really got into some good conversation and about to get into some more good conversation and venting on today's episode. Nashville, have you heard of Black Man Vent today? JB, man, uh, we talked about it off the air a little bit, man, but talk about your parents, man. Talk about them dishwashing days and the wrinkly fingers in the sink and all that, all that good stuff don't nobody know about. It was the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, so my parents had, you know, some pretty tough times growing up. My father grew up on the plantation in Jonestown, Mississippi. So he was a sharecropper, um, extremely poor, so poor that, you know, he would walk to school with holes in his shoes didn't have an opportunity to use the indoor bathroom. So he was going to the restroom in the outhouse every night. And the part that kind of, you know, when I was learning of how he grew up was the number three tub. I know mm-hmm. a lot of young folks who's listening to this is like, what is a number three tub? So this big um, iron uh, cast 
tub, right? Mm-hmm. There's no indoor water, so he would have to go to the well, pump the water, and then you pour it into the tub. The problem is when it became late at night, you couldn't go outside. Mm-hmm. So imagine having six or seven siblings and you pulled a short straw. Imagine what color water was that. My father was the run at the time, so sometimes he would just be bullied, so you know what color his water was. So he grew up, you know, struggling, um, picking cotton. Like, he he all, he openly talks about him having to miss school for weeks at a time because the family needed money, and he, the only way the family could make money is if he would go pick cotton. So he would pick cotton and miss school. My mom's circumstances were not much were, were not much better, so she grew up in the projects of Memphis in the state's poor zip code. The file home housing projects, um, it's pretty rough. So the reason I, you know, talk about them a lot and like, man, they made me bad when I was young because, you know, when people talk about getting it out the mud, they don't really know what the mud is. Mm-hmm. My parents got it out the mud. Yeah. Um, they, they, they sacrificed everything. They made, they made a really good living for themselves. But when they decided to raise me, I think they, you know, I thought they lost their mind when they was younger. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Y'all make a decent living. Tell me why y'all trying to put me on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, didn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. And when it came time to get my first job, when I tell y'all I was mad, that's me being nice and mm-hmm. uh, because I'm uh, sitting at the table with some fine young men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> you know, you, 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 get, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to get a job because I wanted to make some money. I was trying to get, I convinced my father to just give me a car. That didn't happen. Uh, and I was like, well, Dad, you know, I know you know some people because literally you introduced me to half the city of Memphis. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, but nah, you you just ain't got it, boy. I said, what? What do you mean I don't have it? Yeah. He said, yeah. well, go see my friend. So at this point, I thought he was hooking me up. So I go to his friend. His friend, which used to be his former boss, um, he owned a company called The Command Center. I said, oh, this sounds cool. Mm-hmm. He said, when you get there, tell them Smiley sent you. So I go there, and there was a long line outside. I was confused by the line. And I get to the front, and I said, well, um, JB Smiley Sr. sent me. They said, Smiley? I said, uh, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. He's okay. I'll be right back. So he goes in the back, mm-hmm. and he's talking loud. So he's mm-hmm. calling my daddy. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know what my daddy said, but I'm assuming there's some, something on the lines like this. Let's make them work. I just know my daddy said, let's make them work. Because <laughs> when I tell you, what I realized is I was at a, um, uh, a labor workforce center. Oh, okay. okay. Got you. So yeah. I didn't understand. The people waiting in the line was waiting for their assignments to figure out what particular job they're going to go to. Mm-hmm. And I just know my dad told the gentleman that owned the facility to make them work. Mm-hmm. So what happened... For the very first, so my very first time doing anything for this particular uh, workforce center mm-hmm. was I end up at a landfill. Mm-hmm. And I'm literally in the landfill cleaning up trash, which the entire facility was trash. So I'm picking up trash. I'm like, this can't be my life. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that for two or three days and I called my pops mm-hmm. every day and I'm mad. Yeah. Yeah. You said you wanted some money. Yeah. Uh, he said, did you have to put in an application? I said, well, not really. He said, so I did make some calls for you. I said, this one's the call I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> he said, okay, okay. So yeah. my father fans himself as a very intelligent guy. So I'm like, okay, we're going to get this changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got it changed, all right? So the second thing I end up doing, mm-hmm. uh, we're on a, 
we in a, I get on the van and they take us to the side of the expressway. Yeah. They give us some green vests and they give me a stick and wow, I'm cleaning up man. trash yeah. on the side of the expressway. <laughs> wow. wow. I almost didn't get out. I'm going to be honest, y'all. It almost wasn't for me. Yeah. yeah. But I was like, I do want this, you know, minimum wage, is seven twenty five. But seven twenty five to someone who's broke is everything. Come right? on, man. So I went out there and got my seven twenty five an hour yes, and sweated, and I was mad again. Mm-hmm. This time I didn't call my pops. I said, you know what? He gonna tell me the same thing. Mm-hmm. I really don't know where to go to get another <laughs> job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went back out there again, mm-hmm. and then I ended up uh, on Shelby Drive at the Nike factory. And I thought I made it then because mm-hmm. I just know I'm gonna go in, probably push a few boxes, mm-hmm. and a pretty cool living mm-hmm. in some air conditioning. Mm-hmm. I go in, half the people go right, half the people go left. Mm-hmm. I went left. And mm-hmm. guess where left was? It was into the kitchen. And mm-hmm. I was washing dishes. I said, okay. <laughs> I don't know what my dad is doing, but yeah, clearly he's yeah, trying yeah. to teach me a lesson. <laughs> uh, so, I, you know, I stayed at the command center for about, I think, three weeks consistently mm-hmm. and just doing various odd jobs. But uh, what they did teach me, um, is what I say all the time, and it's kind of how I ended up seeking public office. So when it came time for me, when I was considering public office, um, I just moved back to Memphis. I had uh, my dogs with me, and I walked around the corner to uh, a car wash on Macklemore Street mm-hmm. in grade 126. This car wash was completely dilapidated. The grass was high. The, the paint was falling off the, uh, the the edifice of the structure, and uh, I remember I was I was kind of bothered by that because when I was young, my dad would have a Mark Sav his Mark Savin his Cadillac. And we would go to this car wash. He would clean it up, and it was like a safe haven. Yeah, the kids would be out playing yeah, in the man. area. Yeah, and then he would just leave this car his car with uh, the gentleman washing the cars. He would go to the shoe shop. But I'm outside in this parking lot in this grass, this car wash. Yeah. So this was kind of like my childhood. Mm-hmm. Saturdays and Sundays, that's where we're going to be. Right. One of those days, we're going to get this done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm seeing this car wash was just falling apart. So I called my pops and uh, talk about how we could do something about this particular area, this particular car wash. Mm-hmm. And... This is what he told me. He just listened to me vent. My my father one is extremely long winded. Mm-hmm. He's listening to me vent because I'm venting at this point. Mm-hmm. I was, was yeah. like, man, you, how do you let this happen to my childhood? I was blaming mm-hmm. for everything. Mm-hmm. Just listen to me vent. He said, well, son, you can complain about it, or you can put on your working boots and get to work. Mm-hmm. And when he right. told me that, I said, this man, I think he was building up this for him. He was building this up or he saw this in his entire life that this was going to be my life mm-hmm. because literally that's what he was telling me when I was uh, picking up trash off the side of the street, when mm-hmm. I was washing dishes, I was uh, mm-hmm. trying to find out ways to make money to, to yeah. get something done that I wanted to get done. Mm-hmm. And I was complaining to him the first couple uh, days about how hard the work was. Mm-hmm. And essentially what he was telling me when I was 17 and 18, mm-hmm. he was telling me, I can complain or I can put on my work and boots and get to work. And, you know, when I'm in my uh, late 20s and early 30s, when I talked about how to make change in the city of Memphis, Mm -hmm. he said the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. I can complain Mm -hmm. I can put on my work and boots and get to work. So it was was the same lesson at a different stage in my life. And it took some time for me to see that was the same lesson he was trying to give me. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, I guess I ain't gonna complain no more. (laughs) (laughs) You see something, um, there was a 
there is a quote um, that I saw today um, when we were out there, um, you know, standing in solidarity with a young lady who made a medical mistake and charged with a criminal crime um, by Angela Davis said something along the lines of this. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to accept the things I can't change. I'm going to change the things I cannot accept. And wow. and I, mm. I was like, mm. that's good. Yeah, it is. It's good. It speaks. It speaks. It speaks. So the things that I were complaining about, why? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna figure out ways to, or I'm gonna do everything in my power to change those things. Mm-hmm. So I try not to spend too much time complaining about much because you know there's people going through things more than me. Um, I tell this story often, and I'm gonna quit venting at this point. You're good. On 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 mm-hmm. April on April fifth. It was a very long day for me. Um, I have a city council meeting. The council meeting started you know, 8 a.m. We finished about 6 p.m. Then I go home. I let my dog out. But when I let my dog out, I had to drop about seven miles down the street. I get to the VA hospital. I go up to second floor and I go to room 228. I sit in a chair. In the bed laying next to me was the other gentleman with my name, JB Smiley mm-hmm. And he got all these cords in him. You know, he's mm-hmm. he was diagnosed with a, a very rare condition called amidosis and congestive heart failure, fluid on his heart. And I asked him, you know, how you doing? And he wasn't trying to hear any of that. Mm-hmm. Now he laying in the bed, you know, and you know, you know, I was thinking, you know, he wasn't doing extremely well, and I knew he wasn't. Yeah. But he wasn't trying to hear anything about me checking on him. He wasn't complaining about anything. Only thing he was concerned about was why I wasn't I on the road campaign. It blew my mind. He was wow. like, um, wow. and he said something, and I, it was so powerful to me. I said, man, why is he? He's sick. He's mm-hmm. seventy-five, mm-hmm. sick, not complaining. He's still trying to give me life lessons. Mm-hmm. He gave me another one, um, and I talk about it often. He said, uh, just know this: don't worry about your old man. Mm-hmm. As long as you are out there fighting for us, you fight to be here. Wow, man. So essentially Ooh, was telling me the same thing. He was same thing he was telling me. Think about this though. Just think about this. The same thing he was telling me when I was uh 17 and 18. Yeah. The same thing he was telling me in my late 20s. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing he was telling me. He's been very consistent on what he meant. He said, yeah. Go get to work. Yeah. You got work to do. Yeah, man. You got work to do, mm-hmm. and and I just, I accept that I got work to do. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's things that that you know I simply cannot accept. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna give you everything I have until I can figure out how to create that change, and, and that's what we've been doing. We're trying to create systemic change. There is a gentleman, mm-hmm. um, there's a gentleman who made create a systemic change the right way, mm-hmm. legal. He he just did it the right way. Mm-hmm. He was. Uh, a former mayor, I won't want to say his name because I want people to do some research of their own. I want to give you the whole story. Mm-hmm. He was a former mayor of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. People talk about, you know, why was King assassinated? When King got assassinated, King was talking about economics. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, this mayor got it. Mm-hmm. The reason that Atlanta mm-hmm. is considered the mecca for all things black and south is because what this mayor did. Yes. So this is what he did. When yes. it came time to expand Atlanta's airport. Mm-hmm. The, the amount of the project at the time was worth about four hundred and fifty million. Mm-hmm. He essentially said that every he would not sign a contract unless black people, mm-hmm. minorities, received at least twenty five percent of the contract. Mm-hmm. 
this was quite some time ago. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Black people in the state of Tennessee make up 17% of the population. We only receive 1% of the contracting dollars. Wow. This man said this a very long time ago. He gave mm -hmm. he gave black people an equity. Mm -hmm. Gave them 25% of the contracting dollars. Mm -hmm. The reason you see black millionaires in Atlanta, mm -hmm. the reason that Atlanta is prospering the way it is, because he had this. Mm -hmm. He knew that if he wanted to advance a community that has been subjected to mistreatment for a very long time, that he was going to have to do something that some would call radical. He was going to have to do something. But the truth of the matter, it was what was fair. Mm -hmm. It was what was just. Mm -hmm. uh, and he changed the dynamics of Atlanta. Yes, he mm -hmm. did. And yes, if um, I'm from Georgia, I know who you talk. <laughs> I want people to do some research. Let's not say his name. I want people to do some research. Yeah. Um, but like, if if we are ever to move in the direction of what's truly just and fair, we need we need leadership that that has vision. We need yeah. we need leaders that are bold, that are courageous, that understand uh, what the young people say. I understood the assignment. We need people. We need folks who understand the assignment. Mm -hmm. Like when you go into these spaces, go in with a purpose. Um, my very first job, um, I, got, I had an opportunity to work at the Rose Law Firm. Rose Law mm -hmm. Firm is the same law firm that Hillary Clinton worked in. Mm -hmm. And my very first opportunity, I never applied for that job. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's you know law students who were, I believe, more qualified, mm -hmm. better positioned. Mm -hmm. I never applied for that job, mm -hmm. but there was a networking function. I went in the room and I looked at the room. I researched every single person in there and I knew every person that I needed to touch. Wow. I walked into the room and I understood the assignment mm -hmm. and I made a conversation with the managing partner. Mm -hmm. I made a conversation with the hiring manager. I made a conversation with every single person I needed to touch. I stayed mm -hmm. in there 30 minutes and I left. Mm -hmm. They called the law firm. They talked to the dean of the law school. They came looking for me. Mm -hmm. The reason I'm bringing this story up particularly is because, you know, this conversation is really not about me. This conversation is about the people who will hear this and hopefully I'm inspiring someone to do something yes, that yes, folks sir. think they cannot do. Yes, sir. Um, when you go into these rooms, you have to understand the assignment. Yes. Mm -hmm. When you go and get in these positions, you have to understand the assignment. Mm -hmm. um, don't take any uh, meaning lightly because that meaning could be the, the opportunity that could change your life. And it's not, not about changing. It's not about changing your life. It could change the life of the people that come behind you. It can yes. change the life of your kids. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. And the reason I talk about potentially changing the life of your kids, my father, he had a his best friend was Carl Johnson Sr. Carl Johnson Sr. was elected in like 1973. Mm -hmm. He served for like 30 years in Memphis on the school board, right? Mm -hmm. My relationship with my father's relationship with Carl Johnson Sr. set the stage for my political career. My father, I wasn't even born yet. Mm -hmm. um, so when I got in the thought I was getting into politics, the very first person that I had a conversation with was who? Carl Johnson okay. Sr. So it's about yeah. building relationships, yeah. maintaining those relationships, leaving a lasting impact on people, and creating systemic change that will leave a lasting legacy that will move our communities in the right direction. And that's what it's about. It's mm -hmm. not about anything else. It's mm -hmm. about how I can do something. Um, what have you done for someone else? Mm -hmm. yeah. and mm -hmm. That's, that's what I always ask myself. Like, what am I doing to move, make this thing work? Because we, you know, we are in a, uh, a very um, difficult position. Mm -hmm. When I mean we, I mean talking about the state of Tennessee. Mm -hmm. We we look at where we are in almost every major statistical category. I'm mm -hmm. going to say a few numbers and I'm going to shut up. 
um, we have the fourth lowest median income in the country. Mm. That means we're poor. Right. We're number one in medical bankruptcies. That means medical bills are breaking us. Mm-hmm. We're in you know the bottom seven when it comes to funding for education. That means our children aren't educated. We are 49th in felon disenfranchisement. That means that if you commit a crime, that means your citizenship essentially is stripped away and is never restored. Mm-hmm. Um, we have we're among the worst in terms of felon disen- felon recidivism. What that means is yes. if you go to jail, you you're back. probably going to go back to jail. Yes, sir. Wow. Yes, sir. Um, wow. So yes, sir. Wow. if we don't have leaders who understand, I'm going to say it again and shout out to my friend, uh, mentor. Colleague Michael Harris. Mm-hmm. We don't have leaders in place who understand what it's like to struggle in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. We're going to be in trouble. We don't have leaders who, um, you know, been in, can go into every community, have a conversation with people. We will be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so big ups to everyone who put their name on the ballots. Yes. And if you came up short, just know you didn't let your community down. You inspired a generation to come behind you. Mm-hmm. You're inspiring people to look up to you. You're inspiring people to keep on trying. Yes, sir. Keep working, keep fighting. And we're in this together. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, man, you got me. Yeah, shoot. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I can touch on a lot, man. But I want to say first, uh, JB, man, hats off to JB Smiley Senior. Yeah, um, um, and we're praying for him, man, not yeah. only as a podcast, but just me and my dad in general. Yeah. Uh, hats off to that brother, man, because just soldier, just yeah, soldier, man. Like, man. no, seriously, man, and how you just essentially. Explain not only just his parenting style, but his his coaching and mentorship. Yeah, yeah, that's that. Yeah. That was just big, yeah. man. And yeah. um, still coaching. Yeah, 75. at seventy five in man. the hospital. Yeah, 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 yeah man. man. Even even yeah. even where he's at in the state he's in, man, he's still trying to figure out. You know what 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 you doing here? You know, basically that's what you <laughs> go to work. You don't need to come check on me. Go yeah. to work. Yeah, man. What? And I, I'm gonna touch on this, man. Uh, we talked about it in the first segment. Um, age does not defy experience. Man, I work at a Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance. It's an orthopedic clinic, largest orthopedic clinic in Tennessee, as a matter of fact. Uh, make a long story short, a lot of the patients, man, that are coming to the job, on my uh, front desk chair, I got a massage uh, thing that's on the back of the chair. I go to the chiropractor three times a week, man. It's a long story. Anywho, I got a massage thing on the back of the chair. And one of the ladies was asking me, she was like, Jonathan, you know, what's that uh, What's that little device right there? And I was like, uh, Miss Sharon, this, you know, to kind of massage my back. So I just lean back on it to kind of get myself through the day. She was like, you too young uh, to be having these type of pains. Uh, you, you too young to be... What makes pain based off age? I, ain't, I, I just had to touch on that, man. I, I was like, man, I agree with you, man. Yeah, I've, been hearing that, I've been hearing it all my life, man. I'm like, dude, my back hurt just like yours. That's why you in here. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, man, I just, I, again, man, just just thank you, man. And Pops, I'll I, I let, you, let you tap in. Yeah. yeah. Now, what I was sitting there thinking about, man, with the little bit of time we have left, and, man, you have already inspired, believe mm-hmm. me. And I think about your father because that's just the fabric those people were made of in that generation. Mm-hmm. If I had time, I'd tell you about my mama. She almost, I had a similar experience with her, but I don't want to talk about me. I wanted you to get this service part in a, a little bit more mm-hmm. about what you're trying to do and mm-hmm. what you, how you're inspiring us. But the little bit of time that we have left, man, some person that's listening to this podcast or looking at this podcast, mm-hmm. what would you say to them, Mr. Smiley, to help them to understand to take the positive route in trying to make change instead of taking the negative route and doing it, you know, you know, like my, my partner, I, 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 I had my time in the streets. 
And I had partners that had different ways of trying to achieve what you're trying to achieve. But they trying to achieve it on the other end. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, the way that the way that I kind of look at things um, when you talk about you have a choice to make. Um, I, mm-hmm. I tell a story of you know, my childhood best friend. You know, we were headed this, the same direction. Mm-hmm. Um, he wound up number three on the Memphis Most Wanted list. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, and, wow. I, and I remember receiving that wow. call um, my first year of college. And, it, you know, this is a point where I almost lost focus because I felt like I was losing uh, my brother. Yeah. I received the call. First was the police. Then it was some, some I don't call them friends, some colleagues who were just trying to be nosy. Mm-hmm. And then I got a call on the, on the pay phone and it was, I say his name. His name was Patrick. What well, is Patrick? Patrick called me and I was like, yo, what's going on, man? He was like, you know. I just out here living. I said, nah, you know what I'm talking about. He said, well, you know, got myself in some trouble. Um, but, you know, I'm going to get ready to hit a lick and make a trip to Texas. Uh, y'all know what hitting a lick mm-hmm. is. Almost so I'm not, you know, I'm Almost not going to speak on that. Yeah. So he said, I'm about to get, a, get ready to hit a lick and make a trip to Texas. And uh, I'm on the phone at this point. And, you know, I gave him some really, really bad advice and put him in a really awkward position. But that's how you know who your real friends are. Right. Um, real friends even when they're going through it they're gonna still keep you out of their mess mm-hmm. I, I talk about it a lot i don't have a you know my life is no no secret is i'm pretty open about it mm-hmm. the worst thing i've ever said and the best thing I, ever happened to me happened in that moment mm-hmm. <laughs> i tell them i said well you know i know people are looking for you and i know some people in uh, sparta i know some places you can go before i can continue my my talk with them Guess what he told me? He says, nah, bruh, I can't even do you like that. Mm-hmm. Keep doing your thing. I'll be watching. He hangs the phone up in my face. He wouldn't even hear it. He wouldn't even hear me try to put myself in a bad position for him. He just wow. hung the phone up in my face. Real friend. Wow. And he's running from the police. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. He told me, nah, bruh, can't even do you like that. Keep doing your thing. I'll be watching. He hangs the phone up in my face. A few days later, he was, you know, arrested and did 10 straight years and get out couldn't get back together he went back to prison um the reason i talk i tell this story when i talk about you know the roles and the paths that we all can take is because you know him and i we were inseparable we dated sisters we played ball together like went to the movies like we were tight um but growing up the way that I did, have an opportunity to see a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I think this is the ultimate thing in life. We're going we're gonna to experience, you know, Bible talks about trials and tribulations. Yeah. The folks mm-hmm. who, who, who aren't in church say, look, we're going to go through some stuff. We're going to see some things. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The scholars would talk about ACEs, mm-hmm. adverse childhood experiences. Mm-hmm. And... What I understand to be true, um, and I, I, I said it, and I, I said it once, and I said it again. You know, each person is born with everything they need to be successful. Yeah. yeah. But it's up to us to build on the things that we're given naturally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can choose to focus on what's going wrong. We can choose to focus on the things that make life hard, or we can choose to spend our time developing the gifts that God gave us. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the and, and surround ourselves with people who love us. Yeah. I mean, yes. and, and, you know, a lot of times, you know, you may not think uh, the 
folks who showing you tough love love you because mm-hmm. my dad know he showed some tough love mm-hmm. and still do mm-hmm. um but if you surround yourself with the right people focus on the things in your life that you have going right mm-hmm. you know your life you, you can get everything you want out of this life yes, um, and and i've just been fortunate to, to to be surrounded by people who love me want to see me succeed but even when i was not surrounded by people who are out uh, trying to help make life easier for me mm-hmm. it was trying to find find that that thing that i could focus on for me at one point in time when i felt like i was in this dark place it's basketball mm-hmm. um and, you know when i felt like you know i didn't have anyone else you know I can focus on, okay, well, I can be the very best student. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll find things that I was naturally good and I will focus on it. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're considering doing the wrong thing, what I would tell you is this. Think about every single person you can let down. Think about the generation that you're, you're soon to bring into this world about how you can be uh, a negative influence in their life. So it's not what our, what our uh, communities suffer with. When I talk about where fourth flow is median income, mm-hmm. but we are among the bottom 10 states in childhood poverty. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you why we reared the childhood poverty, because we were making bad decisions at a very young age mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we're continuing to perpetuate those bad decisions. When, when someone doesn't break those generational curses, when someone doesn't do what they're supposed to do, yeah, man. they're setting their offsprings up for failure mm-hmm. and their grandchildren mm-hmm. up for failure. Mm-hmm. So it's not about, how you act in this moment that's going to affect your life, how you act in this moment is going to affect your children, your children's children. Yes, sir. But if you can find, you know, just that thing to get you out of that cycle, mm-hmm. you're setting up your name, your lineage for success in the future. So focus on what you have positive in your life. And I know you have something positive because you're breathing, you're walking, you're talking, you're listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Just keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Life is tough, mm-hmm. but you can keep moving forward. And it's not about you. It's about the people coming behind you. Yes. Move move forward. Keep pushing. And understand that you're born with everything you need to be successful. Much love. I love it, man. Appreciate it, man. Nashville, man, it has been another yeah. great, great episode, man. A JB. great venting episode, JB. man. My guy, JB Smiley Jr., yeah. the next governor of Tennessee. Nashville, this has been the Body Mass Index of Coaching and Mentorship and a yes. Black Man with our guy again, JB Smiley Jr. Pop. Nashville, it's been another great episode. We thank Mr. Spider for taking out a time out of his busy schedule, out of his campaign schedule mm-hmm. to be with us this morning. So with that being said, until next week, it's a wrap. Black man, don't get trapped. It is what it is. It ain't what it ain't. You can do what you can and you can't with what you can't. This has been another episode of the Black Man Vent 2 Podcast. Good morning.